You can't change yesterday, but you can walk today a different way than you did yesterday. Every day is a new day, and God has a plan for your life. It is so important that we realize, are we God of our own life, or are we going to serve the God of life? The value of your heart comes from God. You choose how you're going to live your life. Are you going to live it for yourself, or are you going to live it for him? You know, the news tells you every day what they want you to think, but the Bible, if you'll take time to read it, will teach you how to think. It'll open up the door so you believe in the power of prayer. You have the ability to call on the name of God. And God promises the Holy Spirit that will meet you in your spirit, that you can walk heart to heart with God. I want to encourage you that you can pray anytime, anywhere. You can pray in your vehicle. You can pray in your kitchen. You can pray in your bedroom. You can pray at work. You can pray to the true and living God. So many people have been tricked that if you want to walk with God, you have to attend a church service. And that is not true at all. Jesus was very clear in John chapter 4 that the time is coming and now is that you can worship in spirit and in truth. Because God is a spirit. That's John chapter 4. If you have a Bible, open it up and read it. John chapter 4 is worth it. But it changes your perspective. Because the spirit of religion wants to keep you from walking spirit to spirit with the true and living God. And I'm telling you, God has value for you, in you, and he wants to show you how much he loves you. And how he shows you how much he loves you is through letting his Holy Spirit pour his love in your heart. I know it's hard to believe because most of us love ourselves more than we love God. But if you're willing to take time and begin to include God in your life, he is going to show himself faithful. That's what he's going to do. This world is trying to curb your thinking and what family is, what it can be. You can do whatever you want. I don't think that's true at all. We own a ranch. We have cattle. We raise horses. And one thing that I love every morning when I go out to feed is looking at the cows and the calves. It doesn't matter whether it's winter, spring, summer, or fall. It's amazing to watch how God created them. They didn't evolve. They were created. The grass they eat. The trees are beautiful. And when you're willing to let your heart be thankful for what you have, instead of fighting for what you don't have, or being so focused on being happy and feeling good just today, and you look at the bigger picture, that when you look in the mirror, you're an eternal creature, that you're created by God with purpose. Because when you're willing to start thinking like that, your emotions no longer can control you and no longer can rule you. And I believe that's really important this day and age. I know what it was like when I was 19 years old. I was making six to $10,000 a month. And I was looking in the mirror going, is this what life is about? Chasing money, having a nicer truck, a better horse all the time. I don't think this is what life is about. I opened my Bible and Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I want to remind you that your doctrine is not what makes you a Christian. It's the fact that Jesus Christ is alive. History will tell you, and if you don't have a Bible, you need to open it up and read it, because Jesus was born of a virgin. That's right. Mary had a baby, and it was born by God. 
And when he lived through life, he walked with God and showed people their value. You can read about that in your Bible, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Because whatever you put in your heart, that's the crop you're going to raise in your life. Whatever you listen to, whatever you put your eyes on, whatever you think about, that is what your heart or the garden of your heart is going to grow. I know in my life, I want to be a dad. I want to be a husband. I want to be a productive man of society. And I want people to know they're valuable because God showed me value. Where is your life at today? Where do you find your value? What makes you excited about life? See, this world and our prosperous nation here in America is a wonderful place to live. But I don't think you want to waste years and years and years trying to make your life better. When the giver of life is going to show you the value of your life in the depths of your heart where no man can change it. I know because he has done it for me. When I called on him as the way, the truth, and the life, and I invited the Holy Spirit, and no other spirit will I serve, no spirit of religion, only the spirit of love that gives humanity value. Things begin to change on the inside, and I'd open up my Bible. I'm not talking about all the extra Bibles or all the other men that think they have it figured out. That's not what I'm talking about. I am talking about an unedited book that's been around for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years that wants to tell you that you can walk with God. There's lots of versions. I've read the NIV, the New King James Version, the King James, and really all of them point back to the same place, which is the Holy Spirit, and to follow the example of Jesus Christ because he died on the cross for you. God purchased you back with Jesus Christ's blood under all the spiritual purposes. And what's even better than that, he went to hell in your place for three days. And he was raised from the dead and sits at the right hand of God. The Bible says that in the New Testament. When you read that, and you want meaning for your life, I know for me, when I was 19 or 20 years old, it was amazing because God wanted to walk with me in my life. I want you to know that God wants to walk with you in your life. That's why I'm doing this radio broadcast. I want you to know you have value. Your family has value. No different than when I take care of the cattle that's on my ranch or the horses that are on my ranch. They have God-given value, and it's for us to enjoy and steward those things in life, to give God glory, honor, and thanks. I love that. In the cows, the bull doesn't pretend he's a cow. He's a bull, and he does what bulls do, just like the cows. You know, the bull cannot nurse the calf. It doesn't work that way. It wasn't created that way. It will never be able to be something that it is not. And the bull doesn't get to choose what it is. God made the bull a bull. And the cows, they don't get to pretend they're a bull. They get to have the baby, nurse the calf, and raise it. But God's the one who said that they can be that way. And even the animals have peace when they do what they're created to do. Well, humanity only has peace when they walk with the true and living God. I love having a family. I love having a wife. I love having children. I love watching them grow. Of course, I miss the days when my daughter, Kendra, was four, five, six years old. I took her everywhere. I miss those days so horribly. But I've also enjoyed the seasons of watching her grow, become independent, responsible, working hard on the ranch, blessing people and helping them, learning to do the things that I've taught her. And then her, her being her own person as she learns to help people her way. And she has a relationship with God that gives her peace, even when people disagree with her or don't see things the same way. 
But no one can steal that peace because her peace comes from her relationship with God. We've forgotten a lot of things, and the busyness of our being so blessed in this country has actually stole our reliance on God. And this country is becoming a pagan country when it was founded on people that were imperfect, but they wanted to honor God and honor the freedoms that we have, that you can work hard and you can buy your own stuff and you can do what you want with your life. But they never dreamt in a hundred years that you would leave God out of your choices because we do need him. Even when you have things that happen in your life because, you know, we're imperfect people just like the founders of this country. And whatever life brings you, when you have to make those choices, sometimes it hurts. I ran into a couple that have been married a while, and they end up getting a divorce. It takes two people to have a relationship. There's no way around it. Two people have to work at it. A man and a woman have to work at it hard to run a family. They have to work at it hard to share life together. They have to work at it hard to walk through the good times and the bad times to stay faithful, to raise kids. And the list just goes on and on. And when you work at it with God, he gives you the strength even when you feel weak and the ability to forgive and to love through prayer and surrender. Well, visiting with that individual, they were heartbroken because life didn't go the way they planned. And one was relying on God and the other one wanted nothing to do with God. Because they wanted to live for themselves and make life better. Sometimes we all go through seasons that we make those choices. It doesn't make that person good or bad. Because really, honestly, outside of Christ, we're all bad. We really need to lean on God. So this world and movies and Hollywood, they've taught the younger generation about what life's about, how to be happy, and blah, 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 blah. And it's all a lie. If you want to learn how to think learn how to forgive, learn how to produce the changes that are necessary to enjoy life, you're not going to find it on the internet. You're not going to find it on TV. You're not going to find it in our society. But where you will find it is in the Bible. Because when you read the Bible and you're seeking a relationship with God, not religion, a relationship, you're going to be amazed how he'll meet you where you're at. This morning I read Psalms 19 and it was very powerful, but I just want to share a few verses out of it. If you don't know what those are, go buy a Bible, look up Psalms, go to chapter 19, but I'm just going to read seven verses. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The rules of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. That is the Bible teaching you how to think. There's even more, and it will make your heart stronger. When you walk with God and you read those verses and you have prayers like this, Lord, please help me to understand what this says so that my heart may be strong and delight in you. When you do that just between you and God, God immediately enters in and begins to make your heart strong where your emotions no longer have the right to tell you how good you are. And your confusion will leave and you will become solid because you've chosen to worship God in spirit and in truth. The truth is that only God gives humanity its value. 
You cannot find value anywhere else. He knows the depths of your heart better than you know it. I'm going to say it a bunch of times. But God knows what fulfills you, what fulfills your heart. And in serving God and walking with God, even in a marriage, when you're sharing life with your spouse and your goal is to show them their value, not have them increase your very own value, that's foolishness. It'll never happen. If I waited for my wife to make my life better, it's not going to happen. But sharing life with her, because my relationship with God through Jesus Christ, sealed by the Holy Spirit, it gives me the ability to walk in the love and the confidence that God has in me and through me that I want to share every day with my wife. Can you see the difference? I want to walk with God. And in that, I'm not trying to make my life better. God purchased my life with the blood of his son so that when I call on the name of Jesus, God, through the power of the Holy Spirit, meets me in my path. I don't have to produce change before he'll do it. He's calling me in a relationship with him and you also into a relationship with him. As dirty as you may see yourself or whatever your regrets are or whatever you wish you could change or what you want to change before you come to God and all that stuff is a bunch of hoo-ha. You don't need that. It's like telling someone to take a shower, but go ahead and clean up before you to get in the shower. Well, why would you take a shower? God is saying that he has eternal value for you, that your heart is so valuable to him. He doesn't care what your soul is saying. Your mind, will, intellect, and emotions is your soul. He doesn't care what that's telling you. He doesn't care what your hardships have been. He doesn't care what this world's thrown at you and how beat up you are. He has nothing but love for you, and he wants to walk with you forever and ever with love. He doesn't have love. He is love, and he wants to be your identity. That's what he wants for you. Your heart is that valuable to him. So when you begin to do that, you begin to see everything different in your life. But here's the kicker. You don't get to see it your way and God's way. Well, yeah, but they did this, or this happened to me, or this broke me, and I'll never be the same. Any of those things, I want you to know it's a lie. Because the true and living God doesn't just meet you where you're at and show you value and pour himself into you through spirit to spirit. He wants you to know the truth, that he's never forgotten you. He's never overlooked you. And those bad things that happened to you, they weren't his will. And a masterpiece of deception by the enemy is when the devil does something horrible through another human being and they're all, God has a purpose. No, he didn't have a purpose. The devil ran that. The devil did that. Only good and perfect gifts come from the Father of lights. That's James chapter 1. It's so profitable to read the Bible because you'll find these verses. and It'll open your eyes to see that God loves you. And then it'll give you the ability to love your children or to love your family. It doesn't matter even if it's a mixed family. God doesn't hold that against you. He wants you to know that love is the power of forgiveness. And love, the Bible says, love covers a multitude of sins. That is the gospel. Just like in John, with the woman at the well, which we referred to earlier, when the woman was so beat up that she's had five husbands, and God knew the whole time and wasn't even holding it against her, that even though this town threw you away, that you have to go get water from the well, 
when no one's there? And Jesus was sitting there waiting for her? That shows you the value that God, the Spirit of the living God, has for humanity. Just to tell that woman who came to get water, who even smarted off to Jesus Christ himself. Why are you asking me for water? You sh- I'm a Samaritan. You cannot ask me for water. And he says, Ah, sweetie, if you knew the water that I have, you'd never thirst again. You know what that what water was? The love of God. So she was getting a glass of water to survive another day. And God himself was speaking through Jesus Christ to say, I have water that will make your life valuable forever and you will never be miserable and emotionally drained and dry again. And she goes, well, if you knew who I was, you wouldn't even be talking to me. Well, why don't you go get your husband? She goes, I don't have a husband. Yes, that's right. You've had five husbands. And I'm telling you, you're still valuable. That's what he was doing. Your heart is valuable. We have to get that through our head. That right or wrong is not the issue. The issue is our free will moral agency. Whether we're going to choose to walk with God in this life or whether we're just going to choose to serve this life and serve ourselves. We're not going to like the end result. Because when you stop trying to make your life better, when you stop trying to fix everything, you stop measuring your value, and you lay all that down, and you go to walk with God with all of your heart, your mind, which continually tries to quantify and justify and measure, I lovingly call it my measuring stick, I've learned that my mind is a tool, but it is not my identity. My identity is found in what the blood of Jesus has purchased for me, sealed by the Holy Spirit that I'm a son of the Most High God and that he has seen value in me before I found it myself. But I had to lay down my free will moral agency. In other words, I had to lay down being God of my own life and start looking at my life that what you've given me with the privilege of stewarding what you've given me to live this life in you. It changed every day that I wake up. It gives me purpose that I get to walk with him, that I get to visit with people, that I get to live life. I get to enjoy it with my spouse, my wife, and my children. Now I can't control if they're going to enjoy their dad, but I can walk in the law of love. It's the same law that Jesus Christ walked the earth with. It's the same way that he obeyed God. You know what it says in... 2 Corinthians chapter 5, that you're now a new creation in Christ Jesus. All old things have passed away and all things have become new. In fact, I'll read it to you right quick. We have time. This is 2 Corinthians 5, verse 11. Therefore, knowing the fear of the Lord, we persuade others. But what we are is known to God. And I hope it is known also to your conscience. We are not commending ourselves to you again, but giving you cause 
to boast about us so that you may be able to answer those who boast about outward appearance and not about what is in their heart. That's what we're talking about today, is boasting about what's in our heart. It is exciting to have this love that you cannot get away from, that God loves you more than you love yourself, and that you can walk with him. It is great. So verse 13 says, For if we are beside ourselves, it is for God. If we are in our right mind, it is for you. For the love of Christ controls us, because we have concluded this, that one has died for all, therefore all has died. And he died for all. That those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised from the dead. From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, and behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciled. He reconciled the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us to the world. We implore you on the behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us. So that in Christ, we have become the righteousness of God. This is the law of love I was talking about. That God, through Christ, purchased us back. That right or wrong is not the issue. And when we believe in him, we become born again. And when we do that, then living and walking in him, we become ambassadors. In other words, our life is valuable every day. You don't have to become a minister. You don't need to be an evangelist. You don't need to be a preacher. That you actually get to be the salt of the earth, a light that cannot be hidden. And your life is valuable. That means your family is valuable. That means your children are valuable. No one else has more valuable, more value than you. No one does. And the Holy Spirit that you're even feeling at this time is because he has not given up on you, even on days when you want to give up on yourself. So I want to come back to it again. You are valuable to God. And God wants to do a heart surgery on you and get you to quit beating yourself up from the things you regret or the things you even hold against yourself. Because when you won't allow God to love you for who you are, Well, Travis, how do you know I'm not doing that? Because if you're not loving him back, you're loving yourself. And that selfishness will destroy you. And God's not a gimme, gimme God. 
You don't just recognize him and love him when you feel like it. No, you have to surrender to him. That's what we read in the Bible. It's almost like dying to yourself while you still live. But when you do that, God himself steps on the inside of you and begins taking care of, you know, all of us have seen a garden and we've, we all know that you grow things in a garden. Well, whatever your eyes go on, whatever your ears hear, you know, that's planting seed in the dirt of your heart like a garden. So if a bunch of junk is coming through your eyes, what you're looking at, or a bunch of junk is what you listen to, how do you tend to your garden? Well, first and foremost, you allow the Holy Spirit. You ask the Holy Spirit to help you. Then he'll meet you where your identity is or where you think it is. See, really it all comes down to God's never stopped loving one human being. Never has. But because you're a free will moral agent, he wants you to love him back. And when you begin to pray and engage your faith that he really is true and that your hope that he really does have a a plan for you and he knows your heart better than you, and then you choose to love him because he first loved you. When that happens, immediately in your heart, there's an eternal value that begins to sprout above. Now, granted, there's a lot of shrubs and a lot of weeds and a lot of things that have been through this life and through the mishaps and frustrations and the hates and the unforgivenesses and the regrets and the experiences. But you got to remember that those are yours. They're not God's. And it was never God's plan for you to have those. That was the devil's plan. And the devil is the God of this world. But the God of the universe is coming after his people and he's going to restore them. I know, I know it's hard, hard for you to believe, but I'll share a couple verses with you right quick. In the Bible, there are a lot of verses. But it's really important that you know they're there, but you can't find them unless you go read. So in John chapter 14, there's such powerful verses for me personally, and when you read them, you can decide if they're powerful to you. But John's chapter 14, 15, 16, 17, uh, when Jesus is teaching his disciples and he's trying to pray and follow through with what God's asked him to do, which is an example for us to uh, love God back and follow the Holy Spirit and do what God asks us individually to do. Well, anyways, at the end of the chapter 14, verse 29, it says, And now I have told you before, and this is Jesus talking, I've told you before it comes, that when it does come to pass, you may believe. I will no longer talk much with you, much more with you. For the ruler of this world is coming, and he has nothing in me. But that the world may know that I love the Father, and as the Father gave me commandment, so I do. Come on, let's go. That's what it says. He says that the ruler of this world is coming. People say, well, everything happens for a reason. No, it doesn't. It really doesn't. He, he is very, very clear in the Bible that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That's what it says. 
It's in John chapter 10. And Jesus is teaching how much he loves you and how valuable you are and how there's a lot of liars out there. Go, go back into your Bible and read John chapter 10 when you have time or hit the pause button and go read it right now. But I'm going to read a few verses right there in chapter 10, starting in verse 7. It says, Most assuredly I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who ever came before me are thieves and robbers. But the sheep did not hear them. I am the door, and if anyone enters by me, he will be saved, and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life, and that they may have it more abundantly. Because I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. These verses are very powerful to me personally because he's describing how a lot of people like to talk about God, but no one else is going to give their life to purchase humanity back with their blood and then go to hell in your place and on the third day raise again. Do you know Jesus is the only man born of a virgin that died on the cross for your sins willingly? That's never sinned. And then he's raised from the dead. And he walked around on earth. Pontius Pilate flat freaked out. When word all around was he's walking around and he's been raised from the dead. Now granted through media and things like that, they're trying to change things, change history. Just like they're trying to change United States history. When this is really a Christian nation that we give our life for each other because that's what Jesus taught. But there's religions out there that are not teaching it, and they call themselves Christians. They're not. Because Christians only show people value. I mean, he says plainly that pure and undefiled religion is taking care of the widows and the orphans, giving food to those who don't have food. You know, There's lots and lots of people that attend church, but they haven't laid down their life for nobody. Heck, most people won't even lay down their life for their spouse and share life with them. They want their spouse to serve them and make their life better. But that's not how you find life. But when you try to fulfill your own heart and make your own heart valuable, you really have much, much more emotional turmoil. Jesus said in another chapter, those who try to find their life will lose it, but those who lose their life for my sake will truly find it. It's because God doesn't just have love, he is love. And when you're willing to let him into your heart and lay down your measuring stick, your mind of being ruler of your life and letting your hope, faith, and love, a.k.a. a relationship with God to trust him and that he could lead you and he could take care of all things and he is your shepherd and he is, not, not another human, him. You know, when you read on in the New Testament, it says very plainly, that after he was raised from the dead, he sits at the right hand of God and represents humanity. That's us. And then I can show you so many more verses that are really, really good. That he sent the Holy Spirit to you to teach you all things. I mean, these are very, very powerful verses. Religion will sneak in like a wolf in sheep's clothing and try to get you to follow another man. But they're lying. 
just like the woman at the well. Everybody's thrown me away. She said, no, they haven't. Yeah, but you're a Jew, and you can only worship at the temple and at that mountain. And he goes, no, that's not true. The time is and is now that you can worship in spirit and truth. That means people like me and you can call on the name of Jesus, ask God for help, and he will meet you right where you're at. I love this because that's what I needed when I was 19, 20 years old. I was broken. My emotions were going rampant, and and I called on God, and he came to my bedroom. And it doesn't make me special. He'll come to your house. He'll come to your relationships. Whatever's broken, he'll come find you. And he already loves you. If you'll love him back, he'll open up a door. That means the ability to be... Well, for some reason, I just want to read some more verses. So let's go to John chapter 16. This is Jesus talking. But he's telling the disciples because he's about to go die on the cross. But now I go away to him who sent me. He's talking about God. And none of you ask me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin because they do not believe in me. Of righteousness because I go to the Father and you see me no more. Of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you the things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. He's talking about the Holy Spirit. It is amazing. Now, I didn't know exactly what happened in my room that day, but I know that God came and held me and told me that my life was worth living and that he promised to show me the way, the truth, and life. And then when I read these verses, it was an incredible moment. Because do you know Jesus didn't even begin to do miracles or really love on people and intervene in their brokenness until after he was baptized by John and the Holy Spirit descended on him from heaven? So the Holy Spirit is God. Humanity cannot be purchased by any other human being other than the one that was born of a virgin. There are many people that think they're Jesus. There's many people that think they're prophetic, but they're not because none of them have been raised from the dead, but Jesus Christ has. So if you have time, you know, when you listen back through this podcast again, read your Bible, look into it more, ask the Holy Spirit to show you. Because it's amazing. John 17, verse 20, this is Jesus praying. I do not pray for these alone, 
but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they all may be one, as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they also may be in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. When I would find these verses, I would ask the Lord to show me how it's truth. It's incredible. Because you continue reading on the same book, Jesus walked around on this earth. It changed humanity's history. And then he ascended into the sky. Then two angels talked to him and says, hey, why are you staring at the sky? We're waiting for him to come back. No, he'll come back the same way he left. Now go walk with God. That's powerful. That gives my life value. I, I may not know how to do much, and I may not be a very smart man, but I can trust God. I can choose to pray. And I found out later that my personal prayer language, letting Jesus sitting at the right hand of God praying through me for me, the perfect will of God, and then in the book of Acts, it's called praying in tongues and all those things. I don't talk about it much, but it's what changed my life. It's what healed my broken soul. But he doesn't just slap it up on you. He wants you to seek him. God values your heart so much that he wants you to know how much he loves you. But you have to love him back. And there's areas in your life that you're God of your own life and and. It's because of hurt, pain, disappointment, or whatever it may be. It doesn't matter. You just need to let the Holy Spirit gently not let you be a prisoner to those memories. God's desire is for you to be free, for you to be healed, for you to be loved and know how to love. And when you allow yourself to actually choose to believe and ask God for help and say I love you Lord and you're willing to say thank you Lord for this life and thank you Lord for my family as broken as it may be or as imperfect as it may be thank you that your love makes it perfect and I thank you that I have the ability to forgive this person or that person or that hurt and pain can be let go when you're willing to pray like that God moves mightily in your life and then what happens is you begin to get an internal perspective and realize that the kingdom of God is truly at hand, that we can walk spirit to spirit with the living God. And in that seed form, it'll sprout and take root and it'll grow. And it is awesome. And then you'll realize that you have authority over the devil, that you can pray and rebuke anger, frustration, unforgiveness, and say, no, I'm going to serve the laws of God, which is love. But I can't do it for you, and God can't do it for you. You have to do it yourself. You have to choose these things. So I really hope that you're encouraged. I, I hope it didn't bother you that I went in that deep. But I also want you to know that I would love to hear your correspondence. It's P.O. Box 5, Boley, Oklahoma, 74829. Can you write me a testimony? I even take prayer requests, too. We pray over the letters that come in. Or if you want to give um, to us feeding the poor, we work with Operation Blessing and Kingdom Coalition. But it costs money, and uh, 
it takes all of us. We're really a family. It's P.O. Box 5, Boley, Oklahoma, 74829. But what's more importantly is me and Jennifer and our family really need your prayers. Yeah, there's persecution that comes because people don't agree or other religions hate what we're saying. And all I want them to know is that God loves them. All I want you to know is that God loves you. So please pray. Please walk with God. Please read your Bible and say, Lord, make this real to me. Because I want more of you and less of me. I want to see through your eyes, hear with your ears, Lord, and love with your heart. And the Holy Spirit will teach you every day that you walk with him. God bless.